This is Fred Ricciani of the Sports Courier Podcast, episode one. For those of you that know me, you know the deal. We cover sports, gaming, a little bit of everything in between. We appreciate your support. For those that don't know me, my name is, of course, Fred Ricciani. I'm the founder, the creator of the Sports Courier and TSC News TV show. You may know me from the Manhattan Neighborhood Network TV show if you're in the New York area, TSC News. Or you may know me from the TSC News podcast, the TSC News YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Sports Courier, or even the OG website, the thesportscourier.com. So what I'm trying to do every single week, preferably a Saturday, is go live or pre-record a podcast talking all the latest sports topics. But I want to keep it real with you guys, okay? I don't like the BS stuff. I like to. I don't like to, you know, go out of my lane. I stay in my lane. If I don't know something, okay. If I don't know something about like a NASCAR controversy or an MMA controversy or whatever, okay. I'm gonna bring somebody on that knows what the hell they're talking about. And and, and these days with sports media, I just see a lot of BS. A lot. A lot of you know people just pretending to fake it till they make it. That ain't me. Okay. So I want to give you guys just a little. I guess a little background about me if if you haven't known me. Okay. I started the Sports Courier in late 2009 with my good friend Eugene, who is the greatest hacker slash developer I've ever met in my life. He's a genius. And kind of just flew by the seat of our pants. We didn't really know what the hell we were doing. In fact, we just celebrated our nine-year anniversary, which is crazy to think about. Uh, and We didn't get along at all at first. I mean, we got along here and there. But, uh, you know, we realized, wow, we have a lot of differences. And, you know, I'd never worked that closely with somebody before. And I think him and I were both kind of naive and thought... How hard is it to run a news site? Well, when you're 19, 20 years old in college, it's pretty damn hard. I mean, just ridiculously hard, yeah, especially when you're trying to build sources and report stories. And oh, we had a rumor mill that got us into trouble back in the day. I mean, we were just two kids just, you know, looking at looking to find our hopes and dreams through this website. Fast forward a, a few years later, we created the TSC News YouTube channel which was in addition to our website. The YouTube channel kind of blew up compared to the website. We stuck by that. And ever since then, we've just kind of been creating live shows, video blogs. And fast forward to 2017, we got ourselves a TV show on Manhattan Neighborhood Network. So if you're in the New York City, North Jersey area, you can watch us every Thursday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's the really, really, really Cliff Notes version of my career. Uh, I also worked at Viacom, Spike TV, which is now known as Paramount Network for a couple and a half years, uh, worked on the Bellator MMA app when it first came out, worked on several Bellator documentaries, uh, a King Mode documentary, worked on a show called MMA Uncensored Live, which looking back now, I guess is kind of cursed because our ho old host, Craig Carton, seems to be going to prison for a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Yeah. Very MMA. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've had a very unique journey. I've interviewed a, a number of, of talents, a number of actors, wrestlers, rappers, you name it, from... Mercury Morris of the undefeated Miami Dolphins to presidential candidates like Andrew Yang coming up in 2020. Ralph Nader, who's, who ran against George Bush and Al Gore. Man, I mean, just a, just a number of guys. A bunch of pro wrestlers. Most of you probably know me for my background in covering pro wrestling, my background in covering MMA and boxing, combat sports, American football, and, of course, video games. And for those that are new to either the Sports Courier Facebook page or YouTube page, you can find all your sports and gaming needs right here. But since I'm the guy that runs the show, along with uh, my friend Eugene and, and my staff here, we kind of cover whatever the hell we want. We kind of cover what's hot. Now, personally, I love combat sports. 
I love American football. I love basketball. Uh, I love you know boxing, MMA, pro wrestling. I love video games. I consider myself also a professional binge watcher. I'm a connoisseur of hip hop, especially mid-2000s hip-hop. I'm, I love R&B. I love EDM. I pretty much love all kinds of music, although you won't really see me bumping country. So if you ask me something, chances are I'm going to be able to give you an answer. If I can't give you an educated answer, I will be up front. And as far as how I develop my knowledge of sports, just really watching, reading, learning from the best. I don't consider myself an expert in anything, even in wrestling, which I feel like I have an obscene amount of knowledge in. I never really consider myself an expert. I just consider myself an informed fan who's been lucky enough to do this professionally and you'll know, have a few articles written on AOL and, and some other sites like that and just kind of you know just kind of been doing my thing over, over the years and as far as my wrestling knowledge and, and my wrestling mentorship and how I broke in I really just emailed people started covering events and, and really just networking and that's what I'd recommend to anybody getting into any field you know start at the bottom work your way up it's not always going to happen that way where you just naturally rise to the top it certainly didn't happen for me i've had a pivot in a lot of ways in the wild world of media but i've been very lucky to call a number of guys my friends paul the mauler lazenby hosts the killing the town podcast former pro wrestler mma fighter actor he just did gears of war 4 played marcus phoenix he was on the most recent season of riverdale not this current one but the previous one if you're a riverdale fan like me that you get a kick out of that uh, diamond dallas page fitness guru, Debbie Hall of Famer, one of my good friends and mentors, another one of my good friends, and a guy who I probably learned the most about when it comes to professional wrestling promoting, and frankly, I'd say combat sports promoting, because I think it's all applicable, Dutch Mantel, aka Debbie B legend, Zeb Coulter. So shout out to those guys. I was also mentored by uh, Mike Straka, who is one of the former hosts of MMA Uncensored Live, former Fox News digital vice president, who was really the guy that kind of spearheaded mainstream MMA coverage, because... Before UFC on Fox, UFC on FS1, all that jazz, he was the guy in the mid-2000s saying, hey, we got to pay attention to this MMA stuff. So that's a little bit about me. Over the course of this show, you will learn more about me. Over the duration of, of this series, you'll learn more about me. So if you want to know about me, if you want to know what's going on, if you want to know my thoughts, please just drop me a line at Sports Courier on Twitter, at Fred Ricciani on Twitter, you hit me up on Instagram as well, at TSC News. Of course, this is broadcasting both on Facebook and on YouTube. So please feel free to leave your comments below. And for those that are listening after the fact, you can watch it on demand on our Facebook and YouTube pages and on SoundCloud.com slash TSC News, Apple Podcasts. What else is there? Google Play. You know, a little bit. We're on pretty much everything. The only thing I think we're not on is Spotify, but... I'll work on that. Maybe I'll hit up my fellow Jersey brother, uh, Joe Budden, and say, hey, man, pull some strings. Get us on Spotify. Now, let's get to what everybody is talking about right now. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, the Kansas City Chiefs running back. He was suspended indefinitely by the NFL on Friday. He was cut by the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm seeing a whole lot of BS praise just thrown around. Oh, kudos to the NFL. They're not playing around. Kudos to the Chiefs for cutting one of their best players. Maybe their best player. Uh. Kudos to the Chiefs acted swiftly and showed that they have zero tolerance, zero tolerance for domestic violence. Yeah, well, not exactly zero tolerance because, for those that don't know, there was a video that leaked yesterday via TMZ Sports 
where Kareem Hunt was shown pushing and kicking a woman while she was down. Now, uh, for some context here, from what I've read from past reports when this incident happened and you know the allegations since then and all that jazz, from what I understand, she was a woman that allegedly was propositioned by Kareem Hunt and his friends to engage in some activities. She allegedly didn't want to, or maybe there was some type of disagreement in Kareem Hunt's hotel room in Las Vegas. He kicked her ass out. She banged the door. Again, some of this is alleged. Allegedly called Kareem Hunt and his friends the N-word. I believe this is a white woman too, so even worse. And uh, I'm guessing alcohol was involved. Maybe a little hashish was involved. And Kareem Hunt just had to be restrained going after his young woman. And he ended up just pushing a guy into her. It looked like she hit her head against the wall. She fell. And then a- after she she was knocked down, right, he was so pissed off, he still went to kick her. Now, look, it's not the Ray Rice video. He didn't straight up knock her out. It ain't Joe Mixon, okay? We do got to separate these things. And look, if you're a black man, okay, or any human being, you know, called a, a horrible word like that, like, yes, I understand you're going to be angry if he was allegedly called that. But you can't put your hands on a woman. You really should put your, put your hands on a civilian anyway. But but a woman, but if you're a man, put your hands on a woman, especially if you're a professional athlete, I, I mean, come on, man. I mean, come on, man. I get maybe being pissed off, you know, but when that girl got knocked down, it's like, just let it go. Call security. You're Kareem Hunt. You're a millionaire, man. You got a Pro Bowl on your resume. Okay? You could have had a Super Bowl on your resume this year. And for him to react that way, I mean, man, it, it just looked bad. It looked really, really bad. And, look, I'm not, I'm not calling for his head completely. Okay? I do think people deserve second chances. But here's, here's the problem with the culture of the NFL, right? Let's just say that at heart, Kareem Hunt's a good guy. Let's just say that at heart, Kareem Hunt is a guy that, on video, unfortunately, had the worst night of his life caught on camera. And uh, in 364 days out of the year, he, he, he reacts like a nice gentleman. But he was caught on camera. Let's just, say, let's just say that's the case. Had the Chiefs and the NFL, had they reacted to this and been proactive in punishing Hunt back in February which is when this incident took place. Who knows? Hunt could have been playing right now. Now, on the flip side, this could be a sign of a bigger problem. This could be a sign of a guy like Kareem Hunt who can't control his temper. Who, whether he was drinking or not that night, has had issues with women. This could be a sign of a guy that, God forbid, may have put his hands on a woman before, multiple times over. He could have a real problem. Don't you think it'd be important to look into that? If the NFL, if the Kansas City Chiefs really care about domestic violence, why at this point is there not a program or programs, plural, in place for guys like Tyreek Hill who's gotten in trouble, who they magically drafted after beating a pregnant woman who I think he's engaged to now? If there were programs in place for counseling, couples counseling, violence counseling, I don't know. I'm not an expert at this stuff, but I'm sure there's counseling for people that have been not only victims of domestic violence, of course, but 
people that have engaged in it as well, that have partaken in it. And I'm not saying I have the most sympathy in the world for people that put their hands on a woman, all right? But every situation is different. And I, I just feel that, you know, you know, if the NFL had like a real hard, fast domestic violence policy, a real hard, fast conduct policy, rather than Roger Goodell trying to be a play sheriff in Red Dead Redemption 2 only in real, ri- real life, you know, maybe Kareem Hunt would still be playing. Maybe they would have discovered, holy crap, this guy's got a real problem with violence against women or violence against people in general or an anger problem. We need to take care of this. And you know what? Maybe he would have never played football again. You know, being in the NFL is a privilege, not a right. But guess what? Maybe he would have cleaned up a serious issue in his personal life. Maybe he would have rehabilitated himself as a person and be able to live as a better person and treat people better and not put his hands on women. Again, it could also have just been one night out of the year in his life, caught on video at the worst possible time and the worst possible moment. We may know eventually, but either way, whichever it was, bad night or pattern of something worse, the reality is you can't figure out how to resolve these issues properly if people aren't held accountable. Okay? If people aren't held accountable. And I'm Less likely to have some sympathy for a guy that puts his hands on a woman when the NFL has done its damnedest to keep out Eric Reed, who's now back in the league, although he's being randomly drug tested and obscene him out. And of course, they've frozen out Colin Kaepernick, despite the fact that he's peacefully protested police brutality and racism, which, of course, he's put his money where his mouth is. And the same can't always be said for a lot of these owners. So, look, does Kareem Hunt deserve a second chance? Time will tell. I, th- I think... When you see some of the guys that are still playing the league right now, I mean, again, Tyreek Hill, Joe Mixon, who did a lot worse, not condoning what Hunt did. Yeah, I'm sure he does, but there are consequences. And if you hold people accountable from the beginning, from the start, rather than enabling them and brushing it under the rug, okay, guess what? Maybe you'll have a league where a lot of guys aren't getting arrested. Maybe you'll have a league where people actually learn they're less, and look, there's always going to be people that are just scumbags and put their hands on women and partake in horrible activities and don't learn from one mistake, two mistakes, three mistakes, and they have a serious issue. And those people should be frozen out of the NFL. You can make the argument Ruben Foster shouldn't even be the damn NFL. Skin signed him. He's not going to play this year, but still, the fact is they signed him. They picked him up. They expect him to play eventually. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ri- ridiculous. You know, if you really cared about women, you'd be proactive, not reactive. Ugh. Anyway, if you guys want to hit me up, if you guys want to talk to me, you not only can you leave a comment below, but I should note, you can also hit me up on Skype, the sports couriers, add me on Skype, the sports courier. Give me a call. I'm just actually posting a notification right now for everybody. Let them know that I am live right about now. So it looks like we are getting a call from one of my pals, one of my pals here. Alan Wu. So let's hit up Alan Wu right now and chat with him just a little bit. Assuming we're not going to have any technical difficulties here. But yeah, I'm just I'm just fired up about the, this whole thing, and it's just it, it it's it's ridiculous. You would think the NFL would have learned from the whole Ray Rice controversy. You would have thought they would have learned from the Ray Rice controversy, but they didn't. And in, in, instead, they go, "Oh my God." So why am I pissed off that the Chiefs cut him now? I mean, I'm glad they cut him, but why am I pissed off they cut him now? I'll, I'll tell you why I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off because 
I don't buy for a second that the NFL and the Chiefs could have obtained the video, and I don't buy for a second that they did not see the video. But anyway, we got Alan Wu on the line. Alan, what's going on, brother? Alan, can you hear me? Cool. All right. Well, we try to get back to well, Alan will get back to us shortly, but he he did have a point to make, and he said, and it's kind of a similar point I'm making right now, which is, you know, Fred, what is, what is going on with this whole deal with the NFL saying that they did not see the video? Now, okay, here's the thing. I think the NFL did. It. I, I could buy the NFL did it not seeing the video. I can't buy the Chiefs not seeing the video. The NFL can dig up dirt on everybody and anybody, every draft pick on the planet Earth, but they can't get a video. They're a billion-dollar organization with governmental ties. It's ridiculous. All right, Alan, you're on the line. Let's try this again, bro. Are you here? Yo, yo, Alan. Okay. Well, we'll have to get back to Alan anyway. So, just uh, I'm I'm very disappointed with the NFL. I'm I'm very I'm very disappointed with with everything that's 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 going on here. And I I just when are they going to learn? When are they going to learn? Are they going to learn when they frankly probably lose their collusion case to Kaepernick as they employ guys like Nathan Peterman? You know, perhaps you know. I feel like a lot of stuff in sports has just been very very depressing lately. So, but hey, it's a, the the NFL season itself from a football standpoint has been very interesting. And while I don't really care all that much about the football aspect of this story, you know, all things considered from a sports standpoint, it does make things a bit more interesting. All right. Somebody here is asking me to talk about the sorry state of WWE. Oh, now for those that know me, one of my specialties is, of course, WWE. Where to begin? Where to begin with WWE? First of all, I want to talk about some of the good things that are going on in WWE. From top to bottom, they have one hell of a roster. I mean, really, if you if you look at who they have on the roster, they got Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, all all these guys. I mean, Bobby Lashley, you know, Bailey, Ronda Rousey, Natalia. They have so many people on their roster right now that are super talented. But how are they using them? How are they using them? And I, I'm going to actually with some messages right now asking me who I think is the most underrated, which I'll get, I'll get to in a second. They are not using them that well. Right now, we live in a state of WWE where baby faces, good guys, are being booked so badly on the male and female side that they're actually cheered more as bad guys, as heels. It's, it's kind of ridiculous if you really think about it. Daniel Bryan came back. A Rocky-like comeback. He was medically cleared to come back to wrestle. I mean, seriously, think about that. This guy was ruled out due to concussions. A brain injury. Okay? Not, not some you know, damaged neck, and that's, that's a bad thing, too. Not you know, a, a bad knee. Not a bad back. Not anything like that. This dude, he had a concussion, a concussion problem. And he was able, through you know, medical research and technology and rehabilitation, to heal his brain, which is an amazing breakthrough if you really think about it, to come back. And they booked him 
so damn badly over the course of all these months. Feud with Big Cass, loses to Samoa Joe, loses to this guy, taps out to AJ Styles in the middle of the ring in the opening match on SmackDown, all this crap, loses to the Bludgeon Brothers, all this crap, loses to the Miz, all this crap. They butchered him to the point where people were just kind of apathetic to the guy that at one point was the biggest star in the company and probably by default the biggest star in the wrestling business. So he, what does he do? He turns heel. He's been great so far. He's getting a lot of reaction. He got a real positive reaction at Survivor Series despite being a heel. But he had to turn heel. Same thing with Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is incredible as a heel. And I love that she I love that she's on a roll with the, the man character and what she's doing on Twitter and everything else. But the fact that they had to have her go out there and say, oh, the fans turned on me and you guys didn't like me and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no. We always liked Becky Lynch. It's that WWE was stupid. It's that WWE booked Charlotte as the good guy, despite the fact that she turned on her best friend in the middle of freaking SummerSlam. But we're supposed to boo her. It's just the roles are, are so reversed right now. It makes no sense. And if you look at the actual true baby faces, the true good guys and good girls in WWE right now, Seth Rollins. He's in the midst of a garbage-ass feud with Dean Ambrose bringing up Roman Reigns' real-life cancer. Like, I don't know what Roman Reigns' diagnosis is present day at this moment, but let me tell you something. This guy, I don't want to sound morbid, could be dead. He could die. Okay? Leukemia is nothing to F with. Yet, they're bringing it into the storyline. They're talking about how Roman Reigns deserves it and blah, blah, blah. And let me tell you something, man. I, I watch pro wrestling to suspend my disbelief. I watch pro wrestling. Yeah, actually, like, much like professional football. I watch pro wrestling as an escape to escape all this BS, to escape all this crap that, that, that's, that's going on in the world and everything. But what happens you have owners playing dirty-ass politics. And so, so okay, football, real sport, real people, things happen. Pro wrestling is predetermined, meaning the booker can, well, book it to make it how you want. So if you want fans to feel happy, if you want fans to enjoy the show, if you want fans to come out saying, hot damn, that was a great show, you can do that as a booker like Vince McMahon. Instead... Every single week now. And by the way, I don't watch WWE main roster program as much as I used to. I mean, I still watch it, but I'm not sitting three hours straight through Raw. I'm just keeping it real here. Perennially, perennially easy for me to say. I, I just keep feeling more and more depressed watch, watching Raw. SmackDown to a lesser extent, but, but Raw, like, it's almost like nothing matters. Charlotte Flair had an incredible beatdown of Ronda Rousey. And Ronda Rousey sold it so well at Survivor Series. Her chest was destroyed. She, she was bleeding from the mouth. The fans were booing her. I was like, damn. I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of this booking at Survivor Series where SmackDown got swept. But, hey, I'll take the beatdown. That's cool. Show Flair turns heel. Fast forward a day or two later, Ronda Rousey's fine. Ronda Rousey is perfectly fine. She's smiling. Now, she has some marks. She didn't bring up Charlotte briefly. But other than that, 
She's fine. And she even wrestled the next night. Focused on Nia Jax. She kind of talked about, you know, you know Charlotte Flair. And once I get through Nia Jax, I'm going to go to Charlotte Flair. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I just don't know. I, 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 I just don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Okay, and Charlotte Flair magically is kind of, sort of a baby face again. Even though she just nearly killed a woman. I remember just... Okay, I guess it's like a decade now. I'm getting old now. It's a little over a decade. Shawn Michaels and Kane had a, a similar angle where Kane took the chair, put Shawn Michaels' head in it, stomped it, and Shawn Michaels was bleeding from the throat out for a couple months, and they did a match, I think, at... Man, I'm going to be... I feel like a loser for knowing this, but I know obscure knowledge. I think it was Unforgiven 2004... Could be mistaken, but I think it was on Forget 2004. Shawn Michaels came back, beat Kane, and, and got his revenge. They didn't need to have Ronda Rousey come back the next night. They don't need to have Ronda Rousey on TV every single week. And for the most part, I think Ronda Rousey has been great. For her experience level, I think she's been great. I think she's better than a lot of women that have doing and men that have been doing this for a long freaking time. Okay, and especially when you consider her schedule. She's a married woman. She's somebody that's looking to start a family down the road. She manages a farm. Yeah, she's doing movies and media appearances and all this stuff like that. I mean, it's it's crazy what her schedule is. It's a freaking whirlwind. But she still has time to continue to perfect her craft and do her damn thing in the squared circle. So I appreciate that. I think her promos have been pretty good. Some of them have been a little weird. Some of them sound like uh, you know something straight out of uh, Reddit and some of the dark sections of Reddit. Maybe she goes on Reddit. I don't know. But for the most part, uh, part I like Ronda Rousey because she's raw. No pun intended. Because she's real. Okay. Because she doesn't seem polished. She's just her. And yeah, some of her matches, uh, you know, some moves are a little sloppy. They're not everything's as crisp. But she feels real, and I feel like that realism is being sucked out of professional wrestling. That ability to suspend your disbelief has been sucked out of pro wrestling. And I just don't understand why. I really don't. And everything, and I got a few guys like Brian Alvarez have brought this up too. Everything in wrestling right now is about getting cheap heat. What's cheap heat? Getting, getting booze. Doing something for the sake of doing it, right? Like even more so than ever. So a few months back, Bailey turned on Sasha Banks. Crowd went nuts. Did we ever get a match between the two? No, they got put in anger management. Huh? Wait, wait, what? And then they broke and then they came back together. And then they fought again. Came back together, fought again, came back together, fought again, and it may go down as the worst feud of 2018, other than maybe Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. I just don't understand. Before Roman Reigns had to leave. Yeah, he finally won the title at SummerSlam, but he probably should have won it at WrestleMania. Hell, he should have won it three WrestleManias ago. But they wanted to keep dragging it out and dragging it out and dragging it out. Why? I don't know. Oh, well, the crowd tonight's going to boo him, so let's hold off on it, even though the crowd kept booing him. Braun Strowman. So many chances to crown this guy. And if he beats Baron Corbin at TLC, assuming Baron, uh, Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman happens because Braun Strowman just got elbow surgery in real life. Get well soon, Braun. 
If Braun Strowman beats Baron Corbin, he gets Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble. I'm not looking forward to that match. Why? Because he's already lost multiple times to Brock Lesnar. Timing is everything. But for whatever reason, in 2018, going into 2019, they're incapable of booking baby faces well. It's pathetic. Even the baby faces they like, like Strowman and Roman Reigns, who are perceived to be their guys, they're not doing right by them. I remember last year, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, had a great match at WWE TLC. A great match. One of my favorite matches in recent WWE history. And what happens? The next night on Raw, after Finn Balor beat AJ Styles, who, by the way, just a few weeks later, would win the WWE title. What happened? Kane destroyed him. Hit two choke slams, pinned him. One, two, three. Why? Because Vince McMahon probably thought, God damn, we got to get over Kane. Well, what about Finn Balor the night before? Ah, that was last night. Who cares? What? What? Makes ha- just Balor the just night these before. things make ah, these was- th- whoa. I got a little. My bad. Had a little playback feedback there. Yeah, just th- th- these things make no sense. It-, it just makes no sense at all. They just do it for the sake of doing it. I'm not saying anything, by the way, that other people haven't said. I'm just reiterating my personal frustration and why I've been so disinterested in WWE lately. It's just, let's just do this. Let's just do it. Let's just turn this person heel. Turn that person heel. You know, let's, uh, let's just break up this tag team for no damn reason. Remember Titus Worldwide? You had Titus O'Neil. You have Apollo Crews. You have Dana Brooke. They were great together. They were great. They were fun. You know, they had some backstage segments with the late, great Anthony Bourdain, all these basketball players, football players. Any celebs, essentially, that would come to WWE uh, at WWE shows, they would give them, like, a Titus Worldwide shirt. They would on a, they would officially join Titus Worldwide, and Titus and Apollo and Dana would post pictures with them and all this stuff. I think that, that might even have been how Dana... I could be mistaken. But that might have been how D- Dana Brooke met her current boyfriend, NBA Nick, New York Nick Enos Cantor. Because I think they did a backstage segment, and they connected that way. I could be wrong, but I do recall Enos Cantor being a part of Titus Worldwide at one point. So, it was a fun little thing. They did it mostly online. It was cute. It gave him something to do. Now what? Paulo Cruz, what's he doing? Not much. Titus O'Neil, what's he doing? Not much. Now, that being said, I want to just shout out my man Titus O'Neil, who, by the way, him and I follow each other on Twitter. Not to brag about that, but just saying, just saying. My Twitter friend Titus O'Neil, he was honored as the MVP and the 2018 Ebony Power List, which is freaking awesome. So shout out to Titus O'Neil, one of the true great human beings in all of professional wrestling and sports. He's a, he's a great guy. Thaddeus Bullard is his real name. But yeah, let's just break people up for the sake of breaking them up. I don't get it. Anyway, anyway, I think we might have Alan on the line finally. Alan, can you hear me, my man? I hear you crystal clear. Thanks again for having me, and a great job with the TSC News TV episode this week, by the way. Great job. Thank you. For those that don't know, let me just give you guys a quick programming note. You can find it on YouTube.com slash The Sports Courier. Click subscribe. We just uploaded our New York Comic Con episodes. If you've never been to New York Comic Con, or maybe you did attend this year, maybe you want to know what a Comic Con's all about. We did a full half-hour show on our experience at Comic-Con. We actually have a part two coming up before the year is over, but we did a number of interviews with, believe it or not, a presidential candidate, <laughs> Bandai Namco, the people behind uh, Soul Calibur Six, as well as God Eater 3 and My Hero Wants Justice. And we interviewed a number of creators, including a couple pro wrestling artists, which is 
pretty freaking awesome. And some pro wrestling cosplayers. Alan, we even interviewed you, man. What did you think about the episode? I think it's jam-packed. I mean, this is the the New York Comic Con is just only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the first thing I thought of when I left Comic Con that day it was my first day, legitimately the first hour I've ever been to a Comic Con. That's when I met you, and I know I had a quick little cameo in there, which I loved so much. It's it's only going to get bigger. It is our East Coast version of E3, that video game conference. There are booths upstairs, downstairs. I think I did my best to go through the first floor of the show. And, and it's amazing and the culture of it is only here to stay the expo market is in demand uh, there's going to be one in queens winter con at the uh, aqueduct racetrack or of course the resorts world casino we talked a lot about the casino so yeah you definitely want everyone to look it up and uh, if you guys ever had the uh, the the curiosity to check it out you'll love it everything from video gaming to movies pop culture expos are in demand fred yeah, no, they, they're certainly are. And wrestling, too. There were, a, there were a number of wrestlers. You know what I was pissed off about? I, The Godfather, former Intercontinental Champion, WWE Hall of Famer, right. the Godfather was around, and I just could not find him. I wanted to interview him so badly, but I, just, I was going around. I couldn't see him. I saw a bunch of people take pictures with him. Uh, Sting was there. Sting you know, was I, there. Christian was there, I think, at the a headlock to display yeah, the Chris, comic. The Christian, Tristratus, Lita. Actually, yeah, Tristratus and Lita were there. Um, you know, a bunch of wrestlers were there. You know, a lot and of sports for, people were there. Right. For the people keeping score, Oscar and Bray Wyatt are slated to be at the WinterCon at the Resourceville Casino next month. This month, yeah. So I mean, it's uh, it was definitely a fun time had by all. Now, Alan, what is on your mind when it comes to everything going on in sports? Of course, at the time we're recording this, it's right before the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fight, which I cannot wait to see. It's uh, the pay per view is, is is just starting now, and I'm definitely going to be watching that shortly after we sign off. And by the way, I'll be recapping that fight live in a bit as well. So if you're wondering, hey, Fred, are you going to be talking about that big boxing match tonight? Of course I will. So stay tuned for that on youtubecom courier. But anything on your mind, Alan? I mean, a lot going on, right? I mean, the Cream Hunt deal. Uh, you know, the Cowboys upsetting. The Saints, you know, LeBron James trying to ingratiate himself with the Lakers and trying to defer to his young teammates and kind of bring him up another level. Of course, we got the John Jones comeback later this month to close out the year against Alexander Gustafson, Max Holloway against Brian Ortega next week. So much Mm -hmm. going on. What's on your mind? And oh, by the way, Bleacher Report and Turner Sports messed up the Phil uh, Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods head-to-head golfing special, and they had to re-air it today. So uh, commiserations. At least the people who paid the $20 for pay-per-view to watch Phil versus Tiger are going to get their money back on Friday. My dad liked the idea of it. None of us paid for it. But indeed, we're seeing a lot of new things. And another... um, Hey, 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 hey. Now, I'm a little behind on this. So Tiger versus Phil was on... Pay TV? It was on uh, it was on pay per view and it was on Bleacher Reports site originally. The Bleacher Reports uh, paywall uh, paywall uh, oh, payment BR confirmation Live? thing. Yeah, BR Live. It went down. The payment confirmation thing went down. So uh, they made good and uh, I think they reran the whole event on Turner Network, a TNT. They reran on TNT for free. If only they would have gotten it right. Remember when we had the Mayweather Pacquiao ordeal and we were stuck for about a half of soccer, forty five minutes because they nobody could order the pay-per-view <laughs> dude i experienced that when i was in vegas for canelo and triple g but the difference was all the fights ended early and they right. only had like i think four fights on the card and all of them ended via knockout and there was like 
if I recall correctly, it was almost like a 90-minute intermission. It was insane. I don't know if you remember that, but it was just it was back in September. It was, it was, it was just nuts. And that, now, kudos to the announcers, you know, Max Kellerman and, and, and all those other guys, Jim Lampley. They did a, a great job of talking about, you know, how the hands are wrapped and the gloves and, you know, the look, they showed highlights of the past Triple G and Canelo fights and everything else. But very reminiscent of that. I was like, man, that's a whole lot of downtime. I mean, maybe next time they should have booked some more competitive fights in the undercard. Maybe they should organize some kind of impromptu uh, chess boxing thing. Yeah, they do you know, chess boxing. You know, one one round you're you're boxing the ring, the next round they put in a, a board for chess. By the way, your chess world championships. A dead spin doing a really good job covering it of all places. The world chess championship and there's chess boxing. So that's another thing you could do in the boxing ring. Yeah, and now actually coming up in yeah two weeks from now, right? Mm-hmm. The zone is broadcasting Canelo versus Rocky Fielding. Now, full yeah, disclosure... D-A-Z-N. It's yeah, called D- well, D- well, they call it the zone. D-A-Z-N. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be in my, our neck of the woods, Madison Square Garden. Not sure if I'm going to be there live for that fight because that's actually the day of my dad's birthday, so I may be just out celebrating with him. But I'll definitely be watching that fight and recapping that fight. And I think it's an easy win for Canelo. Rocky's a, a, pretty much an unknown. You know, I, I think the zone is going to give... Canelo, I hate to say winnable opponents, but, you know, I think they're going to give him opponents that can give him a, a fun fight. Maybe not fun for him, you know, but fun for the fans. But ones aren't a real threat. I think the key here is, well, there's two keys here. One is the zone just from a boxing perspective. For the amount of money that they're investing in Canelo, over $365 million, are they going to be able to recoup that money back in the next five years? That I don't know. Being nine ninety nine a month, I, I, do you do you do you think they can make a return on investment for all the money they're putting into Canelo? Five years, eleven fights, during sixty five million. Uh, the scene is changing so much. I mean, everyone's already wondering, well, what is ESPN doing with their ESPN Plus model and WWE Network? You know, that was the original uh, uh, people watching over the top and, and cable subscriptions. Uh, that's the one uh, you know I pay attention to so much just to watch Bloomberg and CNBC. Those analysts talk about, well, what is television going to be like? What is the Zones model going to be like in the next few years with the cord cutting? That's the C word, right? Cord cutting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the C word that we're, allowed, that we're allowed to use. Yeah, for sure. And it, also, too, they threw a lot of money at Bellator. Not as much money as, as Canelo. They right. threw a lot of money at Anthony Joshua. And from what I understand, the Joshua fight did not do really all that well, which kind of surprised me because Anthony Joshua, I feel like, is a rising star. But I guess, you know, he's, he's obviously not at the Canelo level yet. And if he's ever going to get there. I mean, from okay, from a UK standpoint, from a live perspective, I think he is there. You know, in that UK market, I think he's absolutely there. But from as far as like a worldwide standpoint, or I, I guess more... You know, North American standpoint, we should say. You know, let's give him some credit. You know, he's not he's not there yet. I don't I don't I don't think he's there yet. And Bellator, while I'm a hardcore MMA fan and like watching Bellator fights, I don't see a lot of people signing up to the zone for nine ninety nine a month just to watch Bellator when they got a lot of that content for free on Paramount. Now I will say this: I think the 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 app itself is very great user interface. Uh, a lot of great quality content as far as you know, how it streams and everything. I did have some trouble with Bellator, but I watched the Anthony Joshua fight. That was the best streaming quality I've ever seen in my life, dude. Better than like, I mean, better than WWE Network for sure. Better than New Japan World. Better than UFC.TV and, and, and Fight Pass. Just fantastic. I mean, as far as a live sports streaming service, by far the best quality I have ever seen stream. So kudos to them for that. But from a 
business standpoint, I don't know how they could sustain this. I hope they succeed. Look, I hope, if, if they succeed, this could open the door for WWE to invest even more in over-the-top programming in WWE Network. This could open the door for ESPN Plus to further open the, the floodgates with, with their programming. And they've invested a lot, too, by the way, which we could talk about in a sec. Uh, you know, it could open the door for Showtime to try something. I mean, you don't want too many services out there because it could oversaturate things to some extent. Way too many. Way yeah, too many. But yeah, and there's already, you can make the argument there's already way too many. But there is a market there. And, and if, it, if this benefits anybody, right, it, I think it benefits the athlete now. I think it really does, and, and to an extent, I think the consumer, especially if you are a cord cutter, if you don't want to sign up for you know $150 a month for files or $160 a month or whatever, guess what? You get the zone. You get Fight Pass. You get ESPN+. Plus. Uh, you can get you know whatever, Hulu. You know, Hulu just had a, a great deal, too. I think it was like 10 bucks for a year or something, some crazy, wacky deal I signed up for uh, on uh, for Black Friday, which now I'm a Hulu subscriber for a year. Uh, but you know, there's, there's just so many services. Now, granted, when you add them all up, you may get to the same price you were paying for cable anyway. But yep. I feel like it's a nice freedom of choice. Uh, I think you can make that argument to some extent for pro wrestling because now you have WWE Network. You have you know Global Wrestling Network with, with uh, TNA or Impact, uh, I should say. You have Ring of Honor's Honor Club. You have OTT in Ireland. You got Rev Pro. You have New Japan World. You got, you got a little bit of everything. But I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm just curious. It's just, they're spending a lot of money here. And... You have to think, whether in TV or over the top, which, by the way, is, is like streaming networks like WWE. That's what OTT is. Right. Uh, over the top is. Um, you, you have to think that at some point there's a ceiling, right? At some point there's, there's a ceiling. I feel like we're, we're going to hit that ceiling, and yet the money keeps going, getting higher and higher. I mean, WWE got $2.5 billion, billion for Raw and SmackDown, despite the sorry right. state of the main roster. It, it, it's freaking crazy. What, when do you think the ceiling is going to hit? Or, or we're going to hit the ceiling. Are we ever going to hit the ceiling? There's a, a, a blog that a nerdy, nerdy television local news blog I like to follow called FTV Live that Scott Jones runs. And I think he had an article this week about retransmission fees, um, the big factor where over-the-top uh, offering – are benefiting is because well the cable company always wants to pay have to pay they have to pay the television stations the CBS the ABC the owned and operated NBC stations for the signal to put it on the cable and I think this is a little, good little business 101 for everyone who's uh, who's listening who might not get to hear and read a lot about how the television rights are negotiated let alone the rights to get everything onto your TV it's going to go through a middleman and I think the middleman it's helping right now I think they're already making a big difference if there is an end of the if there is an end for something it probably is a nearest term probability uh, profitability because you know Netflix shares aren't skyrocketing anymore I mean a lot of things are not skyrocketing in the stock market but I feel like th there's still a way to go uh, you're right there is going to be a ceiling there's no question but at the standpoint if your cable bill is not going down it's not going to be i have altice we're optimum this is james dolan country you know they're not going to make our stuff cheaper fred not by a long shot and by the way we still do not have bay in sports on our platform we got nfl network we don't get bay in yeah, which uh, I actually like being sports a lot. I love their soccer coverage and everything. I'm Excellent not coverage. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a soccer expert by any means, but I, lo I love watching the game every now and then, and I love to keep their highlights are great because ESPN you get a very kind of like homogenized like highlights here and there, and I don't blame them. Soccer's not the number one sport that they cover and everything, but it, it's cool to watch. It's cool to watch on being. I mean, they have they have so many shows. Dead. If you love soccer, if you love football, yep. okay, real football. 
they have so many shows dedicated to it. Like the extra, it's not even funny. It's great. Some excellent analysis. And for if you're a wrestling fan, they have MLW Major League Wrestling, which is actually going to be airing a live special down the road right. for them. Which I'll, I'll get that date in a second. I forgot off the top of my head. But they, every Friday night, MLW Fusion. You can watch. You get some pro wrestling there. I think they actually air Hard Knocks MMA out of Canada. So they got some really good niche sports there on top of, of course, the worldwide beautiful game soccer. I wouldn't even say a lot of if you if you like tennis and a bicycling club. Yeah, we was, we're 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 all in about tennis in my household. Uh, and exactly, it's, it, it goes back to the whole discussion. Um, if you cannot get that freedom of choice over with cable, like where we are right now, yeah, why not go to more of those over the top? I'm naming it off the top of my head. You got ESPN Plus, you got WWE Network. If you want sports, if you just want to watch sports, if you're doing daily fantasy, hello, you know how many people you know are talking about their own fantasy? Fantasy football league or fantasy basketball league, you know, all you're going to need is the the individual league sites. But it's definitely going to be a very interesting question to watch. And, and now we're giving people a reason to watch Bloomberg TV or CNBC or Fox Business. So what are they going to say about Netflix? Primarily Netflix, I think, is going to be the biggest the OTT player right now. Still. Yeah. And, and you know what? Netflix, to the best of my knowledge, has ever aired anything live. So it's going to be interesting. If mm. Netflix decides to get into the live programming game, that's... I mean, in a way, it kind of reminds me of Amazon, right? Amazon tries to monopolize everything and become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it started with books. Then they just did the free shipping. Then they did the fastest shipping. Now, of course, they have Whole Foods. And you get your groceries the same day and same day delivery. And they have video streaming and original series. And, man, if... I'm not. I'm saying just I'm, waiting for them to build a drone. I'm waiting for them to make those drones that uh, put me out of a job. But uh, you know, good luck with that in New York City. You're not allowed to fly drones anywhere practically. Wait, are you really? I, I think there is a very strict little um, thing about uh, drones. They gotta be. You gotta clear airspace. And we're still freaked out about 9/11, Fred. So um, I've okay. seen drones flying around next to my train line here in Brooklyn. So uh, yeah, we're definitely into the new era. It is almost 2019. Sure, we're we're getting into there. So we'll see how it goes. If local news broadcasters are using those drones, then yeah. Oh, we keep your fingers crossed. Maybe some days we'll. Maybe your pizza will be delivered by a drone someday. <laughs> Wouldn't you like that? Yeah, no, for sure. And actually, the MLW Fusion Live special, Fusion is their weekly TV show, it's actually airing Friday night on the 14th, which is, I believe, the same night as Ring of Honor's final battle pay per view. So that's going to be an action packed night if you're a wrestling fan. And uh, I believe Bellator actually has a couple shows that weekend as well. Damn, this is a lot of stuff going on. December 14th. Major League Wrestling will make its first live broadcast in Miami, Florida on BN Sports. BN Sports, by the way, it's one of their offices is in Miami, Florida, so that'll be interesting. We have Roosh fighting Rich Swan. We have MJF versus Cota Brazil versus Desmond Xavier versus Andrew Everett versus Jason Cade. And then we have Dragon Lee versus DJZ, a.k.a. Zima Ion. So, man, that's, that's a hell of a card there if you like independent wrestling. Uh, I think I really like what MLW is doing. Very old school feel. And Bellator, they have the Salute the Troops show featuring Brett Primus or Brent Primus versus Michael Chandler two for the Bellator World Lightweight Title. For those that don't know, Brett Primus won this at Bellator MSG last year because Michael Chandler had some weird foot injury. It looked like he like. I, I don't know. It's just his foot bent the wrong way. It looked more gruesome than it was. He turned out to be okay actually. But at the time, he couldn't continue, and by default, he lost the title, because unlike in you know pro wrestling, 
you know, via you know injury, via disqualification, you know, via referee's decision, sometimes you can lose the title. And Michael Chandler lost the title. They've been trying to make this fight forever. They're finally going to do it. No offense to Premise, but this guy's just been a complete unknown. So I, I hope for his sake he has a great performance, win or lose, because he's as anonymous as they come in, in, in MMA when it comes to the top champions out there, whereas Michael Chandler has consistently been one of the best in the lightweight division. So I'm excited for that. And then they have another event on December 15th. So they got Bellator on the 14th and the 15th. I mean, just action-packed. So December 15th, they have Machida versus Carvalho. Yes, Lloyd Machida is fighting now in Bellator. And they have McFarlane versus Letourneau for the Flyweight Women's Championship. So, yeah, just a ton, an absolute ton going on, man. I mean, it, it just, it, it's just insane. And then if you look at the rest of the UFC schedule here, December 8th, we have Brian Ortega versus Max Holloway for the Featherweight Championship, which should be an excellent fight. Brian Ortega hasn't lost a fight yet in his career. We have Valentina Shevchenko against Ioana and Jacek for the women's flyweight title. And we have Gunnar Nelson teaming of Conor McGregor against Alex Oliveira. And then to close out the year on December 29th in Vegas, John Jones versus Gustafson 2, a rematch of one of the greatest... UFC fights of all time, which John Jones narrowly won back in 2013. Chris Cyborg, the women's featherweight champion, defending her title against the women's bantamweight champion, Amanda Nunez, because we just have to have super fights every freaking month, I guess. And Carlos Conda versus Michael Chiesa. And we just recently had Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, that was a sad deal. Uh, Tito Ortiz knocking out Chuck Liddell who's damn near 50 years old shouldn't have been fighting he's suspended indefinitely by the Athletic Commission of California and this fight shouldn't have been sanctioned to begin with it was just really sad Tito Ortiz I interviewed him before cool guy but he's just acting all happy they finally beat his rival after three tries but it's like you're like seven eight years older dude what are you celebrating just gave a guy brain damage that already shouldn't have been fighting Uh, I'm curious what's your take on that on that Liddell Ortiz fight Anything for the money? <laughs> I take it. It, it went everywhere. I know. I, I saw the match. I, I forgot it was even going down. And if it, if it makes dead spin, yeah, it, it, it don't get. It, you don't need much context. That was a brutal knockdown. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was just terrible. I mean, that was one of one of that was one of the, definitely the more depressing things that that, that I have seen in, in combat sports in a while. All right, we actually had some more questions here. Um, Thomas Goff says, I would like to see JCW on TV, but that would never happen. Does he mean Juggalo Championship Wrestling as in the Insane Clown Posse? Are they still around? I don't know if they're still around. I'm actually Googling them right now. I guess they're... It looks like they're still around. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I, I know that uh, Dutch Mantel participated in one of their shows called The Gathering of the Juggalos, and he told me that the, the story about the infamous Dope Bridge, and it's exactly uh, how it sounds. Where... Apparently, there's a bridge where people get high on dope. So, I, I guess if you're into that stuff, not that I condone it, uh, go to a gathering uh, of the Juggalos. Okay, Matthew Lopez. Yeah, it's going to be an action-packed night on December 14th, same night as Final Battle, MOW Fusion, Bellator. And there's also the last two NJPW shows uh, of the year before the Tokyo Dome show on January 4th. That is correct, man. And we got the January 4th show... Looking really good, if you think about it. Chris Jericho versus Tetsuya Naito, two for the IC title. Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP world title. 
And we have Kazushika Okada taking on Switchblade Jay White, the new official leader, I guess, of the Bullet Club. And then we also have all the craziness going on after the fact. I'm, Alan, I'm sure you've been paying attention here. Dave Meltzer reported it on, on the Wrestling Observer newsletter. All Elite Wrestling. That has apparently been trademarked. There are, there are rumblings that the Elite, which is the group of Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. the Young Bucks, Hangman Adam Page, Brandy Rhodes, could be Gonzo, from ROH, Gonzo from TNA, or I'm sorry, New Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling. What the hell am I head at? Uh, and they could be starting their own promotion with Tony Khan, who is who is the son of Mr. Khan, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, talk about connections. Yeah, that's now, a good our, connection. Now, from what I understand, the younger Khan is a huge wrestling fan. And apparently knows his way around the business as far as you know, he reads the Observer, he reads the news. Like he's a quote unquote smart fan, right? He's not just somebody that's like, oh, I want to do pro wrestling, and then just you know throws a bunch of money into it, and then wonders where uh, you know all that money went in the fire pit of pro wrestling. <laughs> that being said, they need a TV deal. The last time I checked, the cons don't want to own a, a network. I'm sure they have sure. connections, yeah. but they're going to need a network. Mm-hmm. On top of that, it's great if you have Cody Rhodes. It's great if you have the Young Bucks. I think if you have these key guys, they could really pave the way for other people to do something here, to make something of themselves, to continue to have their careers in their driver's seat. Okay, Nobody's steering the wheel but them. That's what's amazing if you really think about it. They've worked their own angles on YouTube with their popular being in the Elite show. They did their thing in New Japan Pro Wrestling with a whole lot of creative freedom. They've been able to do their thing for the most part in ROH with a ton of creative freedom, and kudos to ROH and New Japan for providing that for them. They've been able to do that in other promotions, and now they decided, or they may have decided, you know what? We could get big money from WWE. You know what? We could maybe still get some big money from New Japan and Ring of Honor. Or we could do this damn thing our damn selves. Here's the issue, though. Not everybody's under contract, but a whole lot of people are under contract. You got a bunch of people under contract with Impact Pro- Impact Wrestling, although you never know. Impact may be lenient and say, hey, you can work for these guys. MLW, kudos to them and Court Bauer. I've locked down a lot of guys and girls under contract. Ring of Honor, locked down a number of people under contract. WWE, locked down a number of people under contract. NXT UK, the news just came out via the Observer this week about how a number of the top guys and girls in NXT UK, such as Pete Dunne, the current UK champion, got raises and are now limited to work in only WWE-friendly promotions. And for the most part, unless otherwise stated, from what I understand, like, say, like Progress or some of these other WWE-approved places like ICW and whatnot, they can only partake in dark matches, as in non-televised matches. And, of course, they can't wrestle, say, an ROH guy anymore. So you won't get, say, a Will Ospreay versus a Pete Dunne. You won't get a Zack Sabre Jr. versus a Pete Dunne. And it's very interesting. I'm happy for the, the UK guys and girls. Some of them, some of them can still work uh, here and there. But clearly, 
WWE is starting to restrict their UK talent from working other places because they want them for themselves and they want to conquer that market. On top of that, they signed Walter. Walter, the top star of WXW in Germany, one of the best pro wrestlers in the world. If you haven't watched him work, Google Walter Wrestling right now. He's the man. Fantastic big man. Incredible presence. Does not have the best body, but you know he's very similar to me. If I could, if I could kind of compare him to a North American wrestler in recent years. If you guys were lucky enough to see Samoa Joe at his peak, I mean his real peak, not when he was losing in one minute to Drew McIntyre Survivor Series, but like in TNA or even in ROH when he was champion. That, that that's what I'd say. He's got that kind of mystique. They're just a badass. Well, he's he lives in Germany. He's gonna stay living in Germany, according to the Observer, and. One would think that NXT, WWE, might try to make a territory in Germany as well. So my point is, all these companies, New Japan Pro Wrestling, are all locking down guys and girls under contract. So who the hell is left after that? I'm sure there's still there's still talent out there, okay, that maybe isn't under a guaranteed contract in one of these promotions that can join all elite wrestling. But at the end of the day, what are they going to do to separate themselves from these other promotions? And, and are they going to be able to get cooperation from these other promotions if they're trying to not poach some talent but develop working relationships? That's, that's the thing. And if WWE decides, hey, F these guys. We're not going to let this billionaire gain momentum on our billionaire Vince McMahon. We're going to try to sign everybody else. Is it even going to get off the ground? That, I, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, it's a great time to start this thing. You know, we, we talked about it before, Alan, freedom of choice, yep. all, all these all these different streaming services, a lot of money being thrown around. On the other hand, it is a crowded marketplace, and the elite will have an audience, but they're not getting any younger. They're doing great, but they can only take this ship so far by themselves without a machine behind them, without a base of talent behind them. Uh, what, what are your assessment of, of these things? Well, it's it's really a lot of good question. I, I, I to this day, you I've known you for about at, at most five years, almost five years now. We, we you've done the show and uh, with with all the trials and tribulations about WWE creative being this lousy and the booking being questionable. Uh, there's been a lot of collaboration. I still can, couldn't believe AJ Styles and Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle made it back to WWE. And I, it's especially telling, isn't it? You know that. Triple H and his gang want to get some of those folks from Impact on over, including uh, what's his name, the announcer who's a uh, uh, Jeremy Barash. Yeah. So if 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 they are really, it would be really telling to see. It would be very clear cut to see if they would be isolating the talent and just signing people right off the top of the bat. We have to take into consideration how much of a different era this is. I can't remember in this volume. Back when I started watching wrestling in about 2004, 2005 ish, when you would have you know this kind of cooperation because it's there's competition now, but a, a lot of the vibes are for cooperation. You know, Chris Jericho's coming back to WWE for the Greatest Royal Rumble, then he he's gone elsewhere. He, he had a fight with Kenny Omega. You know, it's a it's a crazy era of wrestling, is and it just came out of nowhere. Literally came out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I agree, and and I think wait, you started watching 0405. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> dude. That was around the time when the Ring of Honor and TNA wrestling relationship dissolved because they couldn't get yeah, they couldn't it, yeah. get along. You know, Ring of Honor wanted Roderick Strong and and, and Austin Aries to wrestle, and and I believe that the story goes 
They went to wrestle for Ring of Honor before a, an Impact taping. And I think they got stuck in a snowstorm or something, and they couldn't make it to Impact because they had gone up north to wrestle for Ring of Honor. And that was one of the catalysts that led Ring of Honor to, or TNA to saying, you know what? We're not going to do business with you guys anymore. You know, I think eventually it had dissolved around like 2007 or so. But that, it, it, I mean, and they were working fine before. And I, I remember it being kind of a, a parody. Older independent wrestling fans may remember this. Back in the day when CM Punk was in TNA and ROH along with Raven. In ROH, they were feuding. They had a great a great feud. One of the first great feuds in Ring of Honor was Raven versus CM Punk. And CM Punk would cut these epic promos that we very reminiscent of the promos he cut in WWE. But in TNA, they were in a stable together. They were friends. Mm-hmm. So even back then during the era of DVDs, when DVDs was still, I don't want to say kind of in its infancy, but, you know, the market hadn't... I mean, it exploded, but, you know, it was still getting bigger and bigger. It still had time before streaming came along. You know, this is before YouTube and everything, but you still had the wrestling magazines, and you did have the internet with the wrestling sites, at least. Like, you had a cursory knowledge of what was going on around the country. <laughs> and it was, it got, it got ridiculous. Like, you had to really, like, I don't even want to say suspend your disbelief. You had to, like, turn off your brain. Like, literally, like, Raven and CM Punk, Blood Enemies and Ring of Honor, Raven and CM Punk, Best of friends in TNA. I don't think we're going to get that level of lunacy in, the, in this current day and age. But, you know, look, there's egos. Uh, I do give the elite props. You know, they're guys that do seem very selfless, right? Guys that are very giving. They do love each other very much as best friends. I'm sure they consider themselves brothers. But at some point, when there's a lot of money involved, when there's a lot of different parties and, and suitors involved, when there's a owner involved, the guy that look, somebody always answers to somebody, right? They're gonna be answering to to Mr. Khan, and Mr. Khan might say, "You know what, guys? Y'all know about this wrestling, but I'm the one that knows these numbers. What's gonna happen?" And let's just say that down the road, the elite says, "You know what, guys? Let's ditch this biatch. What happens to all elite wrestling without the elite? Like, what is the?" Long-term viability of it. Like, how can you reinvent the wheel, right? Like, un- unless they plan on re- purchasing the National Wrestling Alliance rights from uh, Billy Corrigan, who right. bought the rights himself a couple years ago, and then they, they do a deal where they literally combine some of these smaller promotions that are out there. And Impact Wrestling at this point, I'd consider kind of a small promotion or smaller promotion yeah. and absorb everything into, like, one, like, real wrestling league. Unless they do something like that, like what's going to separate? Other than the fact that you could see the, the Young Bucks and, and Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega, which is already a, you know a great value proposition to an extent, how are you going to separate yourselves, right? Yeah. And then I think too that the big thing is not just how are you going to separate yourselves from you know being different from these other companies, right? Are you going to be able to use Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks better than they could be utilized in New Japan Pro Wrestling or in WWE? Because just seeing them is cool, but if they have nobody to work with other than each other, that could get old real fast. I think it reminds me of the, the the Monday Night War, watching that on the WWE Network. Yeah, I mean, they, they had something good going at WCW, but uh, I, I think it was a combination of that and the ego. I think those are the first few questions that come to my mind if we're going to have this new kind of a... It's so weird that we might have to consider Khan as the new Ted Turner. We have to... <laughs> I don't know what to think about that. 
Yeah, it, it, it is it is pretty crazy. So I, I know we're starting to wind down here. We got the Wilder and Fury fight coming up, which we're right. definitely going to check out. But yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, man. And some quick hits uh, here real quick, and I'm sure you, you have a couple things maybe you want to get, get off your chest before we go. PCO, Pierre-Carl has signed with Ring of Honor, age 50. This is a dude that was a former WWF tag team champion with Jacques Rougeau back in the day. He wrestled in WCW as well, and he had a recent resurgence on the independent scene. I mean, this guy has like a Frankenstein character now. He looks great. Like he, For any younger fans... I'm not gonna say he was an obscure mid carter back in the day, but he was just like a, a mid carter, good you know, good worker back in the day, but just never really ascended to the main event level or anything like that. At least when I when I was aware of him, and yeah, he's become kind of a cult favorite on the independent scene, similar to the likes of like David Arquette, wrestling at 47 years old, among other guys. And yeah, he's he's signed with Ring of Honor, so good for him. He looks like he's getting paid. Brody King, one of the rising stars of the independent scene, he has signed with Ring of Honor as well. He, he, to me, looks like a combination of like a Luke Harper, who wrestled as Brody Lee, and uh, Killian Dane, uh, who, who wrestled as, as Big Demo. So if, if you like those guys, he's pretty freaking good. He's, he's competed in uh, PWG, MLW, AAW, a number of other promotions. So I'm excited to see what he can do in uh, Ring of Honor. And from what I understand, too, according to WWE, NXT TakeOver New York, which is taking place during WrestleMania weekend, will be held at, on Friday, April 5th, 2019. And the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony will be on April 6th, which is the Saturday, 2019. So that that's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go to WrestleMania. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not trying to sound bougie here. But if I can't get press passes, I don't think I'm going to go just because I had a really bad experience. Not a bad experience, but an inconvenient experience. My last WrestleMania outdoors in New Jersey, WrestleMania 29, uh, <laughs> I had an obstructed view. It was not fun. Now, kudos to WWE back then. They did comp me for a couple for a couple events after that, but it was not fun watching WrestleMania with half the ring blocked off due to one of those stupid pillars that they have to put outside. I, I was not a fan of that, so I'd, I'd rather not risk that. I'll let, I mean, also you get some great seats like for a cheap price, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. If anything, I'll probably go to Takeover. And if you guys want to run into me and see me in my neck of the woods, I'll probably be at a number of wrestling events because let's face it, there's going to be a what like at least. I don't even know. There's got to be like 50, 60 wrestling events. Maybe that's just conservative. That week, between autograph signings and WrestleCon and everything else, I mean, maybe I'm overestimating. I don't know. There's going to be so much wrestling going on. It's going to be bananas. Maybe I am overestimating. I don't know. It's insane. It's just, it's just absolutely insane. Do you have any WrestleMania plans, Alan? Oh, I, I'm going to have to be in the same boat as well. I don't look forward to looking at those pictures of Stokakis Junction, everyone waiting for that one train to the MetLife Stadium Meadowlands to go to WrestleMania, which was the same thing for the Super Bowl several years ago. You know, people were just jammed into that bottleneck. If you guys are, if you guys don't know the Northeast and New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Tri-State area, mass transit, it's no joke. Oh. A very sad state of affairs. Oh, it is. Uh, that's why CBS News in 60 Minutes did a news story about the subway and how what it takes to fix it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the XFL's coming into play. And to talk about the con versus Vince McMahon, you know, Vince McMahon's going to be wielding his uh, army. He already has a few teams going up, uh, apparently, in St. Louis and Seattle. Um, always good to see choice. It goes back to everything. Uh, the whole overarching theme is, how much freedom of choice do you have? How 
how thin can you spread people with gambling and their football loving their love of football? <laughs> right, right now we just took a call from our buddy Scott Anderson. Scott, are you on the line, man? I don't know. Am I? You are on he the is. line. You're you're uh, on the I'm line. My, my frequent co-host here is Scott Anderson. He 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 messaged me. He said, "Bro, you you went live without me." And I said, "Dude, I kind of did this on the fly." And he and I said, "Come on." And he goes. I'm shaving, um, I, and, and I thought that was oh. going to be the end of our conversation for tonight. Uh, wait, 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 hold on. No, I said, bro, you did this on a Saturday night? Man. Actually, I said man to myself. Um, but, you know, I shaved, I showered, I look good now. I'm just not going to go on video because, you know, not that good looking. That's it. So. No lies were told there. Scott, what's oh. on your mind, buddy? Not too much. You know, I just, you know, I feel left out of the conversation. That's all. You know, I, I, I feel like, you know, we have to give the people what they want. Yeah. So I had to call in. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. So what? You gotta it's not have true. Call I appreciate you gotta have call. Great to hear you again, Scott, and your kids. Uh, you yeah. too, Alan. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a while. No, I only have a couple minutes because once my daughter hears me, she's going to come running down the steps, and that'll be that. <laughs> so. Well, well, yeah. we were talking about how many WrestleMania events are probably going to be taking place in our neck of the woods in, in New York and New Jersey. So I'm just going to count at least some of the events that took place during WrestleMania weekend this year, okay? So let, I'm not. I'm, gonna, right. I'm just. Literally just I'm just going to count. I'm not going to say name them because it's going to go crazy. Okay. Well, this includes autograph sessions too. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Are you including 29? unofficial wrestlers' parties, like bar hangouts? The one where the TNA knockouts host a party and then when their organizer was lazy with that d- deposit. Uh, I don't know about that, but like, uh, does it 30, 31, 32, Because your number is going to be d- at 34, least half. Yeah, 30, 35, 36, 37, 30. Okay, about four, give or take about 40. Now, I said six, mm. I said like 60, so that was maybe over, I over I overdid it there. But well, that's 40 that you can count as well, so let's right. keep that in mind. Yeah. I mean, Scott, are you planning on making your way out here, man? we got to hang out. No. Long overdue. It is way long overdue, but no, I don't, I don't plan on making any trips up to New York City to do anything. Oh, um, I just I can't, do, I can't deal with that, dude. Yeah. No, no, well, if, it was, if there was more in Jersey, I'd probably consider it, but um, – not in, uh, not in New York. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna for, be too much. Yeah, some people might might be listening to this right now that don't live uh, in our area and are probably like, well, well, why wouldn't you go to, why wouldn't you go to WrestleMania? Why wouldn't you do this? I mean, I mean, I cannot stress this enough as somebody that commutes almost every day to to New York City. Traffic is a pain in the ass. New Jersey transit <laughs> is not fun. You know, thank well, God, knock on wood. You know, most days it's pretty good. And if you're used to it, you can get down a routine. And Alan, you know this being a, you know, a courier and, and biking and everything else and taking Ubers and stuff. Like, you can get around. Okay, you, you get used to it after a while. It becomes part of your lifestyle. But there are times you're reminded, holy crap, uh, this could in, this infrastructure could be a whole lot better. And none more so are you reminded of this than during events. Yeah, I, I remember one time I was covering a Jay Moore's comedy special during Super Bowl weekend. And it was it was like during the, it was during a week. It wasn't even like the the weekend yet. And it was the Super Bowl when they played at MetLife. It was Seahawks and uh, Denver Broncos when Seahawks blew out the the Broncos. It took me three and a half hours to get to New York. 
my interview with the with, with one of the talents ended up being like two minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the show was good. I got to see Michael Che of, of Saturday Night Live and some other guys, but three and a half hours. So <laughs> if I can make any recommendation to people, it is to stay local. Uh, Give travel, yourself some, plenty travel, of time. <laughs> travel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manage your time wisely. Leave early. If you can afford a hotel or an Airbnb near MetLife Stadium, do it. Yeah. Just <laughs> do it. And stick but there's not a whole lot near MetLife Stadium. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they have like the Meadowlands Hotel, but I think that's, I think that's where the wrestlers are probably going to stay at um, yeah. and, and, and everything. I'm, try, I'm trying to think. Like, where... Where okay, NXT Takeover is taking place. Oh, it's taking place at Barclays. That's right. Crap. Yeah, everything's at Barclays, and they uh, inverted the dates. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. I David why they Schneider, shout out to him. Actually, asked me what my what are my thoughts on that. I kind of like the Hall of Fame on Friday, dude, because people be staying up late and stuff. And I don't well, know. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather yeah, but, like have the talent stay up late on a Friday, chill out on Saturday, and then compete at WrestleMania on Sunday. Yeah, but they're doing it for the uh, Ring of Honor New Japan show at the Garden. That's Saturday night as well, isn't it? Oh yeah. So wait, they're going. So ne- so, so they they're so not going head to head. They're not going head to head. Okay. okay. Wow. Yeah. So man, you know Vince McMahon's gonna be pissed off like a mofo, or probably is pissed off like a mofo that he felt the need to do that, and you know he's gonna be throwing big money at some of these talents. I mean, he's already reportedly signing ACH, and he signed Walter. I mean, a lot of a lot of top he has talent. Too many there. talents already. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, if you want to get into that conversation, there's too many talents and not enough time. I mean, if you look at TakeOver that they just had, which was great, look at all the talent they didn't have on the show. You know, and, and you know, I heard you talking earlier about um, about some stuff, and, uh, you know, just, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think at the moment there's too much to go around. I know the last set of UK tapings they did for NXT, there was, um, like, Deanna Perosa was there and, and all, which is great, but I, I just, I think they're going to spread themselves a little too thin. With uh, talent, I think they're going to oversaturate themselves. I think it, in the long run, it could be an issue. I also think uh, I also think they don't care. That's a, that's the bad thing. No, they don't care. Um, but you know, you were saying that somebody said, "Why don't you go to the MetLife?" Well, I know you had a bad experience there last time at twenty nine. Yeah. And for me now, in you know, it's only a few years later. I don't want to sit there from three o'clock in the afternoon until well past midnight and make it a twelve-hour day by the time I get home. So yeah, I mean, I mean, look, we're not, yeah. we're and not I don't want to spend the money for WrestleMania tickets to sit all the way up in the nosebleeds in the beginning of April when it could be you know fifty degrees outside. I'd rather sit at home. Yeah, and, and honestly, and I'm sorry not to cut you off, but yeah. honestly, would you really want to spend big money to go see what they've been putting out there right now? No. And with the rumor main event, from what I heard, I'm not really thrilled with it. Which is you know well I've heard Seth and uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, so which is fine, but yeah. I, it, that doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I, I think I, th- I think I think right now it's it's just kind of a, a very malaise state of, of WWE, and I think they're hurt by the fact that Roman Reigns is out. Then they're scrambling. They've damaged Braun Strowman. They've damaged a lot of guys. I think also too, uh, you know the, the 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 other the other thing that's happening, Triple H on the shelf with the torn pack. Never, never thought you would say that, huh? Yeah, who who knew, who knew that Batista versus Triple H would be one of the matchups we'd get excited for? But kudos to those and guys. They did on it the, on a waste of a waste show at that. Yeah, SmackDown 1000. They teased that the, the freaking match, and well, the confrontation was great. I mean, I, 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 on, on the surface level, I was like, man, Batista and Triple H, like that's gonna suck. And then 
kudos to them, man. I mean, especially Batista being the, you know, the the underrated performer he is. You know, getting people excited, and then Triple H wrestles the Undertaker and Kane in Saudi Arabia, tears his damn pack, and we may not have that match. And if we do have that wonder, match, who knows how good it's going to be? Wonder if they would do like Batista versus Daniel Bryan to make up for like WrestleMania 30, maybe or something like that, if they can get Batista to commit. I mean, you know, just, for, Daniel Bryan Batista, I think would be a great match. I think you know. I don't know how many people would really like this because I know I know when they were stars or when they were starting to get when Evolution Evolution's finally remembered. But let's face it, Evolution was formed during a downtime in the business. Now the breakup yep. with Batista was big business, but the the original evolution of Evolution was you know during a downtime. I'm curious to see what the interest would be for just Batista versus Randy Orton. I I kind of like that match actually, but I might be the only one. Um, yeah, I don't well, know. I, don't know. I mean, smack that. You know, I don't know. And, and you know, another issue with WWE right now, besides the fact of um, the injuries, is a lot of talent wants to kind of go reduce schedule. You know, Brian. We've heard rumors of uh, AJ Styles wants to schedule and reduce. Yes. So it, it's going to hurt. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, look, there's a realistic they're not making possi- new stars. They're, they're doing what WCW did. They're not making new stars. Yeah, they're I mean, just using true. what they have, and the call ups are horrible. It's and I, I, yeah, and Alan, let me go. And Alan and Scott, I want to hear this from you. Alan, you first. Like Scott, you made up a, a real good point because we were talking about before you got in the air about all elite wrestling and the elite, you know, running this promotion with with the cons, uh, you know, of the, the Jacksonville Jaguars fame and ownership. How would they separate themselves from WWE, and and what would cause people to go to not only go to them, but you know, how to get fan support in addition, you know, besides the fact that they have like you know Cody as the top star and everything else. And you mentioned something about the reduced schedule. If they offer to reduce schedule to a guy like AJ Styles for similar money, whether the economics for them makes sense or not, I mean that could be a viable option, right? I mean, Alan, what what do you think about that? As far as you know, like if you think about it, like the USFL, now that was a failure, and other football leagues right. were a failure, but in concept, they seemed like a good idea because it's like, hey, the football's off, let's do it in the spring, or like actually, let's look at something that's been successful: Big Three basketball with Ice Cube. Three on three, um, you know something that's a little bit easier on the body for the athletes. You know, a more accommodating schedule. Uh, what do you, Shameless what do you think? Club, TSC News, and Fred were at that big three at the Barclays Center, and you guys got to search for that on YouTube.com/slash/thesportscard. Good job with that. Um, no, no I, they were because they were always be talking about an off season in wrestling. When would anybody ever start observing it? Would it work? Would it not work? Um, you're gonna get some people. WWE's got some money. I would think some. I I don't think they're paid as much as they are if you're not Brock Lesnar or Ronda. So um, I, I think some would. I'm not gonna bet majority will go away though. I I think it's too much of a risk. Hmm. Hmm. Would they take the risk? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I think the thing is like if it's a guaranteed contract and you know these guys got money that are gonna be running all elite. I mean. Yeah, I, I guess it depends. It really depends who you are. If you're a Zack Ryder, if you're a Mojo Raleigh, why not? I mean, your career's going nowhere anyway. Honestly, well, if you're, you're down, yeah, yeah. But do they move the needle? That's. Be, I mean, Zack Ryder could, I suppose, a little. But come on, like really? Yeah, you don't want too many of those guys. I think now. I mean, I, look, I can't. You see, need to have some names, but I can't. I can't see AJ Styles leaving just because he's in such a great position. And he's a cover star of 2K19, and they've they've really built a lot around him. So even if he, I, th- I think ultimately they would be able to meet in the middle. I would hope so if that's the case that he really yeah. wants to reduce schedule. Um, you know, one guy I think I'll, I'll throw I'll throw out there, and I don't know what his contract situation is, but I could see leaving and actually doing really well outside of WWE. Finn Balor. 
I think Finn Balor would do great outside of WWE. But I think he would go back to Japan. Yeah, I think Finn Balor would go back to Japan. I think he'd go to New Japan. Nakamura, unf- maybe. He he has unfinished business there, and he's you know he's the original founding member of the Bullet Club. They still own the rights to the Bullet Club. That's a natural story. And you see, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't know, Scott. Do you think all elite wrestling, if we're to even get off the ground, do you think it can sustain itself? Forget the TV deal, all this stuff. Can it sustain itself independently without working with anybody? Because on the surface, I don't think so. Uh, I'm sorry, repeat that. I'm sorry, I got a lot of stuff. No, do you think all elite wrestling can sustain itself without working together with other promotions? Like, you know how Ring of Honor is working at Impact Now and New Japan? Um, You know, they're all kind of sharing talent and being nice to each other. You know, like. I think. So, would you mean exclusive contracts? Yeah, but maybe like. Or just exclusive. Yeah, do you, like, do, like, do you think like the key is exclusive contracts, or do they need to do what some of these other independent companies are doing and kind of having at least a fr- somewhat of a friendly working no. relationship? No, I don't. Um, I, I think, like anything, novelty, people are always going to be curious about it. Uh, I think long term, yes, you're going to have to work with other talent, just because there's other, other talent out there and your roster can't be that deep. Yeah, you know, you look at a new promotion. You can have what, maybe twenty, thirty guys. Okay, that's fine. But in a year from now, you know, things are going to be shuffled. But they're going to want uh, new talent, and that's uh, yeah. You got to work with somebody. Now, you don't need to necessarily do what Impact is doing and go really kind of independently <laughs> working with talent. But uh, yeah, you got to you got to you know mix it in somehow. I mean, Ring of Honor and New Japan have a great relationship. And, uh, I mean, they sold out the garden, so there you go. Uh, I think eventually they would have to, but, again, it all depends on your roster. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I agree. I think I think at some point, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's, there's, so, there's so much to, to look into in the future for that. And before we go here, anything else uh, you got going on, Scott? Any, any thoughts on your uh, beloved, maligned New York football Jets? No, nah, I'm good with that. <laughs> Getting ready to maybe watch the uh, Deontay Wilder fight. We'll see what time it comes on because I have to wake up early in the morning. What What do you think um, about Sam Darnold? I mean, this year, I'm not going to say this year is like a wash. I mean, there's still some time this year to salvage and at least look good. But like for the future, from what from from what you've seen, is there enough? Have you seen enough of a sample size to make one, you know, viewpoint or, or or the other when it comes to him, like positive or negative? Yeah, I mean, there's some positives I've seen, but you know, he's regressed, and I think the coaching staff is uh has a lot to do with it. I think it's just like anybody else, though, and this isn't the answer that you want, but I think the next coach that comes in has to be an offensive-minded coach, and they have to have the right people to to do the thing. I mean, you see, look at Baker Mayfield. You know, Hugh Jackson and him and, and uh, Todd Haley just didn't work out. Now, in the last couple of weeks, I mean, Baker Mayfield could be a second, you know, half-of-the-season MVP type of guy. Not an MVP, not going to, you know, but, you know, the way he's played, it, it's just night and day, so... Unfortunately, you're always going to get those guys in the draft who are good and who aren't good, and coaching matters. So, yeah, and and, and look, you if know, Amy's young, he's only 21. So right, keep he's, that in mind. Yeah, he's a, he's a kid, and and think about this too. I mean, look at Jared Goff. Year one, Jared Goff yeah. was 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 yeah. god awful. I mean, just yeah. awful. I mean, already being labeled a bust and everything, and then Sean McVay comes in and just revitalizes this guy. Just yeah. makes him look like the number one pick that he was. So I, I do think that 
you know, there, there, there is some hope. That being said, I'm still going to stick by what I've told you off-air before, which is I, I do think that they should have kept Tay Bridgewater. It, it didn't make sense from a tr trade standpoint no. to get him, but uh, to, to uh, trade him away. You know, they got some assets for him. But, man, like, I, I thought that guy on paper was the best Jets quarterback they had in years. Yeah, but, again, they're not winning a Super Bowl. So what difference does it make? You know, and, and that's the thing. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, Bridgewater, okay, fine. But I, I think Bridgewater could let him to the playoffs. What do you going to do? Go to the playoffs? And, all right, so you go to the playoffs. You're a 10 and 16. You lose in the first round. That means you get draft pick number, what, 18, 19. So next year in the draft, now you have a mid-level guy instead of having a top five guy. You know, I mean. Or you hire somebody that knows how to scout no matter the draft order. Okay, but let's be honest, though. Name me a guy. Name me a, a guy in the draft this year, 11 to 15, without looking it up. Now name me a guy in the draft two to seven. Yeah, no, you're, I, I know what you're yeah. saying. I know. What you're, no, look, there are guys. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, but generally speaking, the top, you know, cream rises to the top. You know, I mean, it's it's you know I, hard I, to I, keep going back to this, but the Sixers, you know, seventy Sixers did it correctly. You know, what's mm -hmm. the point of going to the playoffs just to get eliminated to have a mid-level draft pick? No, you have to you have to lose the win. Well, you know, I mean, you do have fans, and you do have paying customers, and I think it'd be nice if you gave the paying customers at least somewhat well, of a good tanking. product. I mean, just like the Giants, they're not tanking, but, you know, if you're not going to win a Super Bowl, what's the point, you know? And, I mean, in reality, exactly. it's the truth. They're, like the Giants, they're not going to win a Super Bowl with Eli, so... You're thinking about my friend who is a diehard Knicks fan. He always says the New York Knicks do not know how to tank. I mean, I, I think um, some fans want to see the wins, but in the reality, you gotta you gotta play the game. I mean, there's really no other point. Even in the lottery, what is the point? You have to get the odds in in your line. I think even the fans are starting to come around with that as well. The lottery, yeah, the lottery is an irrelevant thing because if you have pick eleven, who cares? <laughs> no, like that's the thing. Bro, you have the top one, two, or three pick. Yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just feel like it's you know the it's not the first time they've been a bad team. It's not the first time they've underachieved. It's not the first time they've you know try, allegedly tried to tank or or whatever the case may be. And over and over again, I feel like it's been the same song and dance with the New York Jets. And I think at some point, and I know you're a big Jets fan. You got the tattoo on your on your arm. Of course. But I'm there's a lot of other Jets fans too that do go to the games. They do sure. spend money religiously on the Jets, and oh, I, I think they deserve winning product. And look, you can't win a Super Bowl every year, and everybody wins a Super Bowl. But guess what? I mean, would Green Bay rather tank, or would they rather you know go to the playoffs every year? Which yeah, everybody deserves year. a winning team. Look, I, I don't want to spend ninety, a hundred, you know, two hundred dollars a ticket to see my team lose, but yet also, yeah, it's a double edged sword. It, it's right. I mean, it, it is because like with the Giants. All right, let's take your team. You have Eli Manning, who he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He has mm -hmm. two rings, granted, two lucky catches, but he still beat the Patriots. He did his thing, and that's great. You don't want to see that guy go out the way he did, and people are paying. I mean, basically, you're still paying to see Eli Manning. You're not paying to see, you know, Slappy, the third round draft pick. Right. So, you know, what do you do? I mean, the Giants are going to get lucky if they keep losing. They better keep losing because they have Barkley. They're going to get a top quarterback next year, and they're right. going to be set. You know, I mean, so, yeah, it's it's a fine line. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of the issue, and, in, in, you know, it's never going to change, is they need to contract teams because there's too much, too many teams, not enough good talent out there, mm. truth truth be told. I mean, you know, you look at, you know, and I'm not going to get into a Colin Kaepernick discussion, but 
you look at some of these, you know, quarterbacks in the NFL, they don't deserve to be in the NFL. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you get rid of, you know, three or four teams. Yes. I don't want to see people lose their job, but you know, you look, look at sports all around. There's just, there's too many teams. Right. No, you're right. No, you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right about that. I think, but at the same time, we, we know the reality in the economics that ain't going to happen. What's going to happen is we're probably going to get a team in London and we're going to be bitching about this next year. (laughs) Well, it'll be Jacksonville. Yeah. The, the London Jaguars, so yeah, you know, prime example there. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, if I was a season ticket holder, uh, you know, you're with your team through the good and bad. I mean, you know, nobody's going to come out and admit they want to lose, but yeah, the ultimate goal is winning. And, and you know, with the coaching staff the Jets have, there's no way Teddy Bridgewater is going to do anything with this team. They're just not. You know, it, it, it's a, it's a cluster up there, and uh, that's a shame. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they'll do better next year. I mean, look, as, as a New York sports fan, man, it's just it's it's depre- It really is depressing to see these teams do sit, do badly, and you know, I mean, well, I guess like the right one now. bright spot. I mean, Yankees, you know, made the playoffs, and that's mm. cool. But like, you know, taking away baseball for a second, I mean, by their standards, yeah. that wasn't even a good year. They had Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they had a rookie. It's a good year, okay? Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. but still, I, mean, I know by Yankee young. standards, no, it's got to be more. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, no, but that's, that's, and that's the other issue that you were saying real quick. You know, look at what they did with their pitchers. You know, they uh, uh, Sonny Gray they got a couple of years back, and he he just wasn't cut out for New York. Uh, right. The guy they got was it from St. Louis, I believe. The pitcher at the deadline, same situation. So, you know, I mean, homegrown yeah, yeah. talent wins. You got to you know struggle. I mean, you look at the Houston Astros, what they did and what they're doing, and the Phillies are kind of coming up now too, and. You know, for somebody like me, it's great when my team sucks because I can afford to go to a game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, let's be honest here. In a couple of weeks, I might go to a Jets game for $20, you know? So it's it's pretty good. But, uh, you know, for a diehard, yeah, it's tough. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And that same same goes for Russell Long fans. You know, we stick through it. And, you know, do we want to pay the money and sit through it? And like, you know, I heard you say earlier while I was shaving, uh, you know, you were talking about, you know, not – Really, you know, hardcore watching the, the 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 main roster product. Same here. You know, I kind of skip through, see what's going on, and I'd kind of do that with everything. I still catch the big events, you know, the takeovers and the pay per views and stuff like that. But generally, it's just kind of it's just kind of bland. It is what it is, and that's that's the shame of it. We're just in that run, and they need competition. Mm-hmm. Is what they need. Yeah, so. they do. They do, and I feel like they may step on the competition's uh, throat before it can get off the ground, but. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, hopefully by this time next year, we'll be talking more glowingly about New York sports and more glowingly about the state of mainstream professional wrestling. I mean, I love what New Japan's doing, by the way. I mean, I haven't really been following the tag league and stuff like that. I've just been, you know, life's gotten in the way. You know, stuff happens. We're busy. Uh, but I am looking forward to the Tokyo Dome show. And I, I do think, you know, from if you're just a, re- if you're a wrestling fan or somebody that wants to sample some pro wrestling, I, I would recommend checking out New Japan Pro Wrestling. And Access TV is actually going to be airing uh, Wrestle Kingdom on a slight tape delay uh, on January fourth, so that's gonna be that's gonna be kind of cool. And Access TV, Mark Cuban's network, Ryan Seacrest network. I think they kind of have like a joint thing because uh, it's owned by AIG. Really, uh, really getting behind New Japan, so I'm excited. I'm excited for that. So there's there's some stuff to look forward to, and you would hope that the Giants and Jets can't get any worse going going into next year. Although who knows? I mean, we're listen. We're a worldwide show here. There's probably Dolphins fans somewhere. 
that are yakking it up, although they're not that good right now, or Bills fans yakking it up. Bills fans, Jaguars fans, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm in my $50 league, and I'm hoping for a big night on Monday for Carson oh. Wentz and the Eagles. I mean, who knows what you're going to get from the Eagles camp. That's they a whole other, yeah. Well, that, well right Washington now. doesn't have a quarterback. Uh, you know, let me tell you something, Alan. I'm in my $50 league, and uh, my $50 league uh, went kapooey after what we uh, saw happen yesterday from TMZ, so I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And another lesson to tie it all back to the first talking point about Kareem Hunt. Gamblers, this is just part of the game. This is just part of the risk. My league, uh, the guy who had him was the guy that uh, not didn't even come close to making the playoffs, so you take it with what you can get. So do your sure. homework, fantasy owners, and uh, brush it off huh. and hope for a better year next year if you didn't make it. Congratulations yeah, to those who did make playoffs. Right. Now, like, you imagine if, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, could you imagine if they had a fantasy wrestling league? How cool that would be! I think they actually have had something like that. I mean, there's e feds and stuff, and I know they have. Like, yeah, I know that. I know they have count. They had counter move. I don't know if counter move is still around, but they had that with like MMA and stuff. I, and- I, <laughs> you, I can tell you a quick. Uh, What's well, kind of? Uh, it's a quick uh, pre high speed internet days when I was in a. I, I guess you can call it the original e fantasy wrestling league, where you would uh, create your own guy, and I don't even think there was actually pictures. It was just all typing, and you would do your promo. Enter it into the system. Your opponent would en- do his promo and enter it, and through the magic of the dial-up computer and blah blah blah, that's how you would have your. <laughs> this is stock exchange for Hollywood actresses and how well they do in their career. I'm surprised oh, the fantasy wrestling's not a thing. Come on. Wow. All right. Well, before we go, a couple uh, quick hits here because we're. By the way, we're going to be covering the Wilder and Fury fight after it happens. So stay tuned mm-hmm. for that on YouTube.com/slash The Sports Queer. Uh, but uh, a couple things. Robinson Cano has been uh, traded, along with Edwin Diaz, uh, from the Mariners to the New York Mets. This is official? Yeah, for from, who? yeah, via John Heyman. Just got the uh, news alert right now. now. I don't think any relation to Paul Heyman. Yeah, Mets acquire eight-time All-Star, second baseman ah. Robinson Cano, and star closer Edwin Diaz in a blockbuster trade with Mariners, pending physicals per John Heyman. Right, pending physicals. But um, I had a friend who is re- the same guy who loves the Knicks. He's going to be really upset about the deal because the Mets are the one with leverage, and they still wind up throwing uh, their prospects in the deal. There is a talk that Noah Syndergaard might get traded before the season starts to somewhere else. Yeah, that's that's that's. Not, I don't think uh, Mets fans are going to like that one. And then the hot <sighs> stove is getting very hot. This is why they call it the hot stove. Everyone, get a table and turn on the MLB network and see what else is going to go on this year. Yeah. This might not be the last move. And lastly, and lastly, from a we'll end on a pro wrestling note since we got a lot mm-hmm. of pro wrestling fans. The current WTLC card is as follows: Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins, which is based on two guys feeding over cancer insults and d- promos of Dean Ambrose get, literally getting a vaccine shot in the ass on live TV. AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan for a WWE title, which should be a great match. Nia Jax mm-hmm. versus Ronda Rousey, which I think will actually be pretty great because they had an awesome match at Money in the Bank. So barring any shenanigans, I think this will actually be pretty good even though I don't like the fact that Nia Jax broke Becky Lynch's face. And Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Asuka in the first-ever women's TLC match. And I don't know. Which kind of makes no sense, but I understand why they're doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Asuka will probably take the fall, or I, I guess take a brunt of the damage. I think she's going to win. Really? Yep. Well, I think they're doing it to get the belt off Becky because I don't think she's healthy enough to go. And this is a good way to do it without her losing. So, so wait, a good way to get to to take the title off Becky when she's not healthy and recovering from a concussion is to put her in a tables, ladders, and chairs. Yes, match. because what you can do is you can have her do the uh, a quick a quick spot get pin, you know get 
taken out of the match and be done with it. True. I guess you could do that. Yeah. Um, you know, Oscar wins, so Charlotte can go fight Ronda at the Rumble, and then Becky can win the Rumble and go on. You know, and, and real quick, also, that's something you were mentioning um, a little while ago with, you know, Ronda coming back on Raw perfectly healthy after taking a chair to the throat. Becky Lynch got her face broke, got a concussion, and two weeks later, she makes her triumphant return. Why don't prolong these things? Like, there's no build. It's, 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 it's because they do things just for the sake of doing them, and they're like, yep. oh, crap. And you know what it does? It takes you out of the show. It takes you out of the show. It takes you out of that dis- like suspension of well, disbelief. And and, and, just, and again, not you know, I know you don't want to yuck it up, but Becky looked perfectly fine. Put a little bruise on her face, you know, make it look at least like something's going on. Yeah, yeah, true. And then you have Nia Jax not knocking people out, which is another thing I don't understand. But you know, yeah. Whatever. Um. By the way, by the way, we also have a few other matches. So we also have uh, the Bar taking on the New Day taking on the Usos in a triple threat tag team match. Why is this not a TLC match? Well, that's probably a pre-show match, but uh, yeah, uh, there's only one TLC match as well, isn't there? Yeah, so. the, the women's match is just weird. Like, why would, This should oh. be the TLC match. Oh, oh, oh thank. It really should. Uh, Baron, uh, well, Baron Corbin versus, versus uh, Braun Strowman, if that happens. If Baron Corbin Which, wins, he gets a shout-out Brock Lesnar. Yeah, uh, I could Finn, see Bray Wyatt coming out for that. Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre, a match uh, I would have been excited about two years ago, but not now with the way Finn uh, Balor has not been protected. Uh, but it should still be a pretty decent affair. Uh, Elias versus Bobby Lashley. I have zero interest in this, especially with the reversal of roles here. Elias is a babyface. Bobby Lashley is a heel. I, I, I just I like Elias. And look, I'm not trying to be that guy because I like the guy. Whenever I, I make a critique about like the entertainment value somebody provides to the wrestler, it's not a personal attack here. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But Scott, you know this, okay? I've said this from the beginning. And I, when I, I remember back in January, I asked Bruce Pritchard when I interviewed him of something to wrestle. I said, hey, man, who's your big, next big star in WWE? He said, Strowman, and he yeah. said, Elias, and he thinks Elias could be yeah. great. And I was very shocked. My jaw dropped. But I said, okay, I'll give him a chance. Fast forward, like, nearly 12 months later, God bless Elias. He's great on the mic. He's got a fantastic physique, great look. But when the bell rings, to me, at the moment, there's just not much there. No, you're right. Um, I mean, he doesn't wrestle much either right now, so there's no practice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, there's not. But, you know, a lot of these guys, that doesn't have to be. I mean, you know, you yeah, want to go back 30 years and look at the top guy back then, there was not much there either. Now, he could go, but not like, you know. I don't know. A lot, something's missing, though, even like psychologically with Elias like in the ring. like Something just like disappears. I don't know. To me, if this guy can develop some... I'm not a wrestler. I don't want to say better wrestling ability, but just if he can just step it up in the ring somehow, some way. I know he's been doing this for a long time, but if he could, some if something can click for him in this next year, this guy could be the top guy. But if he's just gonna, and, and he's in a good spot right now, but he could be a huge star if if just he's remotely at a at a higher level than he is now. Because right now it's just kind of kind of meh. And don't get me get me started on boring ass Baron Corbin. Jeez, dedicating like yeah, two well, hours of time it, to him. It wasn't a shame that Finn Balor has become the uh, TV jobber that who gets over. Yeah. Because he's not beating Drew McIntyre. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. No, he's he's not. He's not. And it's a, it, it just sucks. He's become the new Dolph Ziggler. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> who would have thought, thought that a couple years ago, right? It's uh, true. Yeah. So there's that. And I, I think that's pretty much 
all we got for this time around. Scott, Allen, anything else before we go and watch this Wilder Fury fight? Yeah, uh, yeah I'll give you one quick thing. Um, I don't know if you mentioned it, but uh, from uh, Ring of Honor, they have uh, officially signed Brody King. Yep, I mentioned that. Star. I, I didn't, I'm sorry if you mentioned Yeah, no that. worries. What, what are I your thoughts realize, on that? I, I don't know anything about him. I'm not going to lie to you. I've seen some of his matches. He's, he's, he's pretty good. He's got a unique style. I, they di- here, here's the only thing that, that alarms me. And it's not that the, the signing of, of Brody King, because I think he's actually pretty good. It's the fact that Ring of Honor, should they lose the elite, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who have they built to take their place? Yeah, there's nobody. They have young guys. You know how many ROH guys we've had on our show. Yep. A lot of guys that when you get them like, in real life, they're actually really cool guys, like Will Ferrara. I knew nothing about yeah. Will Ferrara in the years I watched him in ROH. Nothing. And then I, wa- I, put, I put him on, and he's great. He's, he's a really likable guy, personable dude, you know, d- d- funny, insightful. They don't have that translate at all in TV for him. And then, and then no. I've had, you know, Leon St. Giovanni, one of my closest friends, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Shaheem Ali, coast to coast. They just had a great tour of Germany, which is awesome. I'm happy they got to do that tour of Germany for two months. But they've been, but they've been in Ring of Honor for years. They've been in the mix a little bit for the tag titles, but I think they can do more with these guys. I think they've, they've significantly improved. Like, there's so much good talent in ROH, like young talent that people don't know about, that they aren't yep. familiar with. And no offense to Matt Taven, okay? But Matt Taven to me is like, how am I get in trouble here? Whatever. To me, he's like a talented Baron Corbin. Like, he's good in the ring, okay? He's got, he can work. And actually, Baron Corbin can work too. Baron Corbin, but the thing with Baron Corbin is he's he's proficient, but he's not like he doesn't jump out at you. In an era where everybody's jumping out at you, he doesn't jump out at you, and he doesn't have any like kind of he doesn't he doesn't have like an overwhelming presence like a Braun Strowman who can make up for the lack of flashiness, right? Like he's just kind of there. You know, he's got sure. decent mic work. He's got a good look. Women find him attractive. He actually gets a lot of searches on Google. You know, probably maybe for his looks. You know, kudos to him, but. Just, you know, the overall package, he's just, eh. You mean, and Matt Taven, very successful in Mexico, came to Ring of Honor, challenging for the world title before. He's in the, he's in the top mix, but, you know, he's not, I, I think, maybe Baron Corbin's too harsh. I just, he's not a guy that gets you excited, right? He's, just he's, not, a, he's a Bobby Roode on the main roster, unfortunately. Yeah, there we go. That's, that's, actually a real, that's actually a really good comparison. Not a bad wrestler at all. Yeah, nothing bad to say about him personally. He seems like a good soldier, but... Yeah, something something's missing. Okay, and this is not anything that other fans and observers haven't said before, right? It's just they need sure. they, they need some breakthrough guys, and I think they do have some talent there, but they gotta just they gotta bring them up. And you know what? They may go ROH may go through some real growing pains in the next few months, but I think in the long run they're gonna be better for it because they're gonna be they're gonna get a kick in the ass, and they're gonna be forced to actually push some younger talent, some newer talent. And make something happen. And I think if they put some of these guys in the position, like Leon St. Giovanni, like a Will Ferrara, I do think they could succeed. But it is going to take time. And it's definitely oh, going to yeah. take time with the audience that's accustomed to seeing guys like the Elite. Yeah, no no doubt. Uh, I mean, right now, they're just a feeder for WWE. Yeah. And um, I think that's what's going to stay. I, I, you know, you're going to get some guys that go there, but I don't think it's going to be anything special. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. So we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I mean, look, Ring of Honor had some great momentum, but they also had some great momentum in the last few years 
because of the New Japan Pro Wrestling relationship and Cody and the Young Bucks, who yeah again they're essentially ROH talent, but still they they need again they need to they need to get back to growing some more stars. That Ring of Honor was at its best, or at least like you know in the ring and you know sustained a lot of success over the years because of homegrown talent. So hopefully, absolutely that that occurs. All right, I, th- I think that's pretty much it. Alan, anything else, bro? Hey, we just wanted to keep for people keeping a score for the MLB hot stove situation. Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz and Seattle is sending twenty million dollars to New York. John Morosi from MLB Network is confirming the names. Mets are sending Jay Bruce and four prospects: Jared Kelenic, Justin Dunn, Gerson Batista, and Anthony Swarzak. So if this does not work, this is going to be shades of uh, Roberto Alomar, Mo Vaughn, and, uh, and and Tom Glavin from back in the day. Also, oh. December fifth. Wednesday, December 5th, uh, twitter.com slash XFL2020. You find out if your city is the lucky one that's going to be in Vince McMahon's XFL in 2020. Wednesday, live on uh, XFL's official website. We we do know that that leaked already, right? But we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) <laughs> you you got hey you, you got St. Louis folks that are going to be into it. I think Seattle's into it as well. You got a few more cities. I'll be laughing if if New Brunswick gets one and uh, and they one up Rutgers because you got yourself go a big to, town. Uh, in, not, they should go to non NFL cities, but I don't think right. that's what's going to happen. So there you go. Yeah, the mystery is going to continue on Wednesday. Mm, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Are are you guys excited at all about the XFL? Somewhat. Honestly, somewhat. Uh, I will let you know after I watch this new Alliance of American Football League or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And again, they just drafted like Christian Hackenberg. So. Oh wow, that's a great yeah. start. Yeah, you know. Oh. I do like the uh, uniform colors at least. I'll give them that, I guess. True. All right, guys. Well, but, we're uh, gonna sign yeah. off. We're gonna catch the Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder fight, which should be a great fight, and yep. we'll we'll give you the highlights of that. On YouTube.com slash the sports and Facebook.com slash the sports It's a little more complicated when you're streaming on Facebook and YouTube at the same time. If you guys had any issues at all with these live streams, please let us know so we can improve these broadcasts. And if you like Alan and Scott, love these guys. They're not only my good friends, but they've appeared frequently on my podcasts and on my shows before. So by all means, subscribe to YouTube.com slash the sports Like and enable notifications for Facebook.com slash the sports and if you want to check out the Sports Courier podcast in audio form and our other audio interviews, conference calls, things like that, soundcloud.com slash TSC News. Just search my name, Fred Ricciani, on iTunes or wherever podcasts are out there, and you'll be able to find me on there and subscribe. We'll include all the links there. Until then, everybody, as always, enjoy the games and the matches. Woo! And the fights. And the fights.